Hello, everybody. Uh, I just had this idea yesterday, and or the, a few days ago, and uh, I want to call it um, Band to Band, which is like I'm getting trying to get other bands that I know or people, one-man bands, and just do interviews, five questions, and just have some fun. So the, the secret weasels uh, decided to take the plunge and be my first. Uh, <laughs> First try at it, so uh, here we are. So the format is going to be new. Oh, we're happy to yeah. be supportive, guys. Definitely. <laughs> the format's going to be just. Uh, I guess I'll ask first, then you guys sure. can comment on. You know, I can comment on what you guys can. You guys can answer, and I can comment, and then you know, then you guys can ask me, and back and forth. So that, that'll be it. So here we go. Good. <coughs> uh. I guess introduce both of yourselves and tell us how you met uh, and how long you've been together and uh, how'd you come up with the name? Well, uh, so I'm Matt Westerland and uh, that's my partner Tom Enroth in The Secret Weasels. Hello. And we met because I was in a previous band and we were looking for a bass player. Uh, there was a, there's a there was a Twin Cities local newspaper. I don't know if it still exists, the city pages. I think it does. I think it does. It's, got it was, it's sort of like you guys in LA have the recycler. The city pages is kind of like what the recycler used to be. You know, yeah. it would be. Yeah. This. I, don't, I don't know if the recycler is around anymore, but that's how, we, that's how I got all my other bands. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was just like a looking for band members section. And so we posted for a bass player, and that's how I met Tom. Hmm. And then that band uh, eventually fell apart, and yeah. Matt and I decided to keep going. And uh, we we used to make a lot of decisions based on what would make us laugh, <laughs> which, which sounds incredibly. And we still actually make a lot of decisions based on. Laugh. And uh, one night we were we were just. We were coming. We had pages of band names. It, it it's that old thing, right? We just wrote yeah, down yeah. everything that we could think of for a band name, yeah. and and we came up with the Secret Weasels. I think because both of us at the time were involved at our jobs with nefarious dealings. People were we weaseling. You know, they were trying. Mm. They and we found that annoying. And then we can't, you know, there's the, the, the album cover for the Replacements album, Don't Tell a Soul, which is the guy kind of going like that. And we just thought that, that if we had an album called Shh and we were called The Secret Weasels, that that would be the funniest thing. I guess if you're in your mid-20s, it's a lot funnier. <laughs> uh, so we, we just cackled like hyenas all night. And then the next morning, we thought it was still funny. And then a couple of days later, it just seemed like the only, even though it was it was silly, it actually seemed like the only thing that that uh, worked. It stuck. You know? Yeah. That's so right. we just we just decided that that was a a good name. <laughs> and we're not sure which one of us came up with it. Uh, are we? Did we? No, we ever figured that out? It's one of those things where we were just throwing ideas around, and we went, "Oh, Secret Weasels, great! Yeah, that's us." You know. <laughs> so yeah, that that was that's pretty cool. much it. Uh, I guess. Uh, what What do each of you play? I'm not even really sure. Oh, So I do most of the guitars, not all of them, but most of the guitars on the records and. 
the keyboards um, and the mixing, I guess, most of the mixing. And then Tom plays almost all of the bass. There's maybe a synth bass line on one or two songs, but everything yeah. else is Tom on bass. And then we and share then, the vocal duties. Yeah, and the if I play guitar, Matt, Matt's a better guitar player than I am, but sometimes, um, as, as you probably know from playing, there are sort of some subtle timing things in the way that people play things. And sometimes right. the way I'm playing something, Matt will go, no, I don't want to do that because the way you're syncopated isn't something I can easily replicate. And so that's kind of why it'll, it'll stay on the final version. It isn't, it isn't down to quality or anything, you know. He's, mm -hmm. um, and it's the same with, you know, and then we throw other things. Like on this, this album, Matt uh, learned how to play the trombone. So there's some trombone on it, and he played some accordion on it. And we both can muddle our way through the ukulele. He's better than I am. So there's ukulele on, actually, there are four ukuleles, I think, on the A little bit of mandolin. And we can kind of pretend to play mandolin, too. So there's a little mandolin. So we, 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 we in a kind of Brian Jones-like fashion, learn how to use instruments other than what we're really good at to just bring out different textures so go okay let's try and figure out how to play the ukulele all right well we'll put that in on something you know cool so that's kind of how that works and then yeah we both we write half the songs and and sing half the songs and it's at presently it's kind of a lennon mccartney thing where he sings his songs i sing my songs but you know that might change if if I wrote a country song, a pure kind of country song, for example, I'd probably have Matt sing it because I think he could do it more convincingly. You know, his his vocal range is better suited to that. Right. All right. Your turn. Oh, yeah. You want to ask him, Matt? You go. Uh, yeah, I just kind of, I'm curious about um, this side of anarchy and just being a one-man band and what that's like for you and how you got there from being in bands with others previously and sort of your, maybe your recording and that whole process, what that looks like. Um, it just, I was in, in bands since like 81 to 99, various bands. And then uh, I had my second child and we just got sick of the whole scene, just, the same old deal at some house party somewhere and of course the cops came broke it up and it just they kind of like all right we've done this for almost 20 years uh, we're all done <laughs> i think our drummer said it first he was just like ah, i'm out of here you know yeah. then we're just all like we're just all like yeah you know my 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 second son was just born and my wife needed help and i needed a break and i just took i took a few years as a break and then um i wanted to kind of expand too because the punk was a little bit limiting i wanted to put more parts into it i was actually listening to more uh classical at that time like mozart and haydn and vivaldi oh. and stuff oh and and uh it's kind of funny you pull it pull up to your punk practice listening to mozart and vivaldi yeah. <laughs> It's like schizophrenic, I guess. I don't know. But anyway, uh, I got a digital piano, and um, I think I had I bought the Cakewalk Home Studio 2002 sure. at the time. 
Oh yeah, we yeah. used to use Cakewalk. So we started with two. We started with Cakewalk. Yeah. yeah, and then I just started started writing little stuff. I wrote some little harpsichord classical pieces and symphony-like pieces on the on the digital piano, and started experimenting. And then, and then uh, around it did. It was like on and off for five to seven years, maybe. And then uh, I finally got into really wanting to make music again. And um, I started writing. I had a I was trying to figure out a name. And then when I was in the Air Force, I had a we had the shift change. I always my initials are DR, so I would you know. I did this and this and you know dr so then they start calling me doc you know DR. oh sure sure <laughs> so and then when i was in the other band i was the um i was a little a few years older than the guys and i was like the more responsible one i took care of all the more business aspect and the, the stuff like that so they caught they started calling me gramps so <laughs> i was gramps <laughs> so, <I'm, laughs> <laughs> so uh, I don't know, you know, the, the internet age was coming up and everything, and everything had a dot to it. So I just had this harebrained idea of putting Gramps and Doc together. So I put Gramps dot Doc. Sure. And that was another name that I came up with for that. And then I put an album, and I put an album out in like 2013. With the, it's got everything from classical to punk. It's got it's got a punk tune on it, it's got a classical tune, it's got some rock tunes, it's got like a synthesizer, wild, weird tune, and it's just kind of, it's got all kinds of tunes. So that's, that's that's how I got started into just doing the one-man band thing. And I just keep working on the drums and upgrading software and and learning mixing and, and all from YouTube videos and people's sure. suggestions. And and that's how I got to it. Yeah. So you play all the, I, so you play everything like on your most recent albums all yourself. Yeah, I play everything except the drums. I can't drum to uh, to uh, to nothing. My son played the drums for for a while. He hasn't played them in a couple of years, and they're sitting here in the corner. <laughs> but I'm, you know, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you know, yeah. that, you know, I'm like, I'm like, I'm totally uncoordinated. I was like, so all my drums are, um, you know, MIDI. Yeah. Um, the I, I still use Cakewalk, but now it went through the Band Lab, Band Band Lab, Band Lab. I think that's what it is. Band Lab, mm -hmm. I guess, bought it. I don't know if you heard the whole story with that, but because uh because -uh. uh yeah Gib Gibson bought Cakewalk because I guess that's right cause Gibson because Gibson was going under and they wanted it for like a something you know how the business crap yeah. goes on oh yeah yeah they, they wanted it as it, an asset they could sell it yeah, off yeah the balance sheet and yeah. then and then they screwed everybody saying okay you give us 150 bucks and you have the software for a lifetime forever you know right now no more updates no more everything and then six months to a year, they just said, oh, we're done with it. <laughs> we're we're going to cancel it, you know? I'm like, are you kidding me? It's like, ridiculous. Yeah. You just got my hundred bucks for 
for for the for lifetime updates and he canceled the program. <laughs> I was like pissed off. <laughs> so then so then I knowing that you know Windows is gonna update and I was looking for a new software and I tried uh and there's so many out there and you can't you can't tell which one's good until you use it and right. everybody's got you got everybody's got their own opinion, you know. Yep. This this one's good, this one's good, this one sucks, this one sucks, and they're like, oh, I don't know. So I I decided to go with Studio One. Yeah. So I learned that for I learned that for about a year, and I don't know. I I ported all the settings, all the mixer settings, all, all the equivalent equipment, and everything from my Sonar setup, and it sounded didn't sound right. I don't know what it was. It was just like, uh, I don't know. It's, it's like, it wasn't, it wasn't there. I'm like, why is it? And I just kept messing with it, messing with it. I'm like, this is ridiculous. So I ported everything I recorded in Studio One back to my old sonar. I didn't change anything. I just took the audio files and put them back in the thing. And it was okay. like, boom, it was like so much bigger sound, so much fuller bass, so much I, I I can't explain it, but so I just downloaded the free uh, Band Lab by Cake Lock by Band Lab, and which I wasn't sure about it because some Chinese company bought it, and Band Lab was by itself before, and I wasn't sure if they're going to get all the files and if it was an online thing or oh, Band sure. Lab is also yeah. like some kind of a share. You write your music and it's completely online, and other people share it. And, and I'm like, well, I don't want people working on my music. <laughs> but but I'm like, but then I guess that's a separate thing. They're keeping Cakewalk, it, you know, it's just as a standalone program, and they're keeping it updated. So I've been using that for a, a year or so. So that that's what I've been using. And oh, cool. to get to the long the long story to get around your question about the drums, I, I basically use the the um session drummer three is what was what i use it's 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 on midi they have it's it's awesome they have midi they have midi um replications of actual drummers you can see because they're a little off time and everything mm -hmm. so it's like, bah, 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 snare drum and snare hit and you just go to the list you see what and a lot of i i'll do that a lot of times a lot of times i'll do the um What do they call it? Right, it's just the thing where you can just put, you can basically put your drum, you know, bass, snare, bass, snare, bass, snare, you know, hi hat oh, every yeah. second one, and you can you can you can create it, then you create your little two 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 verse, I mean two uh two, two uh, bar, two bar, there you go, <laughs> mm. two bar thing, and then you just drag it, and then you yeah. got your verse. Yeah. Yeah, that's a loop. <laughs> so, yeah. so just loop it, you just drag it over. And, and, oh, you know, it sounds good. Sometimes, sometimes I'll find a hit. I'll find a a little drum thing that's just about perfect, and then you can just say, "All right, this kick, I don't really want it there. I want it over, you know, another quarter beat." And then, you know, add a cymbal here. You know, you want different. You can kind of like customize it. Yeah. And and the drum kit I use is, uh, I believe they said it was, they took um. John Bonham's kit uh, from Led Zeppelin, and I guess they um, 
took it to the castle where they recorded one of their one of their things. And it's basically they took a tom drum and just went boom and recorded it. And you got your tom hit and then the software kinda you can harder hit and softer hit. And you know and that that's the thing about the MIDI drums. You gotta really um really play with the um the volume the, the MIDI volume or how hard it hits. Yeah, so, just to get the dynamic so, feel. So, so it sounds it sounds really computerized if they're all like, bah, 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 bah. you got to yeah. take into account the you got to take into account the human factor of your hits aren't going to be always the same. Yeah. So, and and then you sometimes you just put them off time just a little bit, and then it just makes it sound more more human. So. Yeah. So I, I mean I. I think I do a pretty good job with the drums. I know what I want it to sound like. And yeah. The 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 drummer from I really loved the drummer that when I was in Society on Mad. I kind of imagined his drumming or how he would drum it, and you know what kind of fills he would put in there, and you know listen to some old recordings and say what would go good here. And, and the previous my previous album and my other EP, you know, I, I said I did send him some songs. I'm like, what kind of drum would you put in here? So he he like said, try a train beat or try this or try that, and you know, he would oh, give me tips. Sure. And even today, my my sometimes my my uh, go which I have two different drum beats for a, a chorus or something, and then my I I'll play it for my son, and he'll I'll go this one or this one. He's like, I'll oh, do the other one. It's better. So oh, so you do yeah, so, you do bump ideas so, off people then. It's so, not so all. I bounce a, it's off of yeah. some people, but, but yeah, mostly just me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we use, um, we use, I've, I recorded my stuff with Studio One. So all my vocals and my bass was done with that. And some of the guitars, uh, the other guitars that I did, I did, I have a Zoom R8 Porta Studio, and I did a lot of the guitars at my cabin on that. And then we built the drum tracks in, um, Matt has uh, Logic Pro and the, the, the drum algorithms in that. They'll automatically kind of do the thing that you're talking about where you can set the drums to follow the guitar or the bass. So if mm -hmm. you swing the time a little bit or if you're on the front of the beat, it'll, it'll, it'll react to that. And, and we're we've been really happy. It's funny. Because in a lot of ways, it'll do some incredibly complicated things very simply, but it will have the hardest time doing some simple things. There's a uh, a song of uh, that I wrote on the new album called Strange But No Stranger, and there's a, a drum fill coming out of this sort of slower, it's not a slower, it's, it's a, a dynamic kind of, we pull everything down. And there's a drum fill we wanted there. And what did it take us, Matt? Nine months? off and on of, of messing with we that to get that what we end up doing that that drummer algorithm is really good and you can do a lot of adjustment in it to kind of get the sound you're looking for but there's times mm -hmm. like that one where it just won't and so we can you can convert those into a midi section and then you can do just like you were describing go in and note by note or you know, flam by flam or however you want it, just build your own little fill or your own little section. So it's kind of a combination of the drums on our stuff of the drummer uh, algorithms within Logic, and then we'll supplement it with MIDI and occasionally a drum machine, but usually that's kind of our approach. But yeah, yeah. that one's forever. 
cool. You know. So people who think that just because you're recording things digitally or you're using Cakewalk or you're using Studio One or Logic, that somehow you magically get music out of that, it, it's just such a fallacy because it, it would have been easier to have an actual drummer come in and play the darn song. You know, we would have gotten that in two takes, right? You know, and had to splice them at some point. And this thing, we're going, I can't get this fill right. What is going on? We just want a simple, we just need Jim Keltner to do a friggin' traveling Wilburys fill. That's all we need. You know, it, it wasn't Rocket. It wasn't Neil Peart. We didn't need that. So, yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. 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 Cool. But that, cost, but that costs money. You gotta have a studio and, a, and all yeah, that stuff. A million mics. Yeah. <laughs> and all, all that, but but yeah. All right. So, uh, I guess my turn for the next question. Yeah. Uh, tell us about the new album and uh, what you got up coming next. Oh, here it is. Uh, it's there. We go back up. It's, it's called Misophonia and uh, has 18 songs. We wanted to do something big, like a Queen album or Def Leppard's Hysteria or Abbey Road, soundtrack of our lives, you know, something big. And we we sat down and, and when we were thinking about the songs, we looked at it and said, you know, this is going to be 18 songs. This is big and self-indulgent and then we said well we're going to be 50 this year because we were recording it last year in uh, 2019 and said well if if at any time you know two musicians can be annoyingly self-indulgent it, it'll be for their 50th birthdays right so we we just <laughs> decided to go whole, whole hog and uh structure it uh it's gotten a good reception. I mean, it's been out for a couple of days, right? It's gotten a good reception. I think we've sold as many copies on Bandcamp since Wednesday as we did of our first record, which is, that's not to say it's a lot of copies, but I, I'm happy, you know, I'm, I'm happy with how it came out. Uh, next steps were, see, Matt, this kind of gets to your how, how do you approach things differently thing. Matt tends to, and I, I don't mean to speak for him, but I will. Uh, <laughs> Matt <laughs> tends to record things as he gets ideas. You know, he's, he's actually, he's in, his, he's in his, his little studio room in his basement. I'm in my bedroom. The stu my little studio room is next door and the bedroom next door. But he, he records things as he gets ideas. And so he's got bed tracks, I think, for eight songs down. Yeah. And what I tend to do is once we decide we're doing a project and we have a few preliminary discussions of what it's going to be, then I sit down and start writing songs and, and start coming up with that. But I'm always kind of noodling. You know, I'm always thinking of chord progressions or working things out, but I don't formally record them until it's sort of time. So, um, yeah, that is, start. I pretty much just record everything. Yeah. I, you know, so I've got eight things that have kind of become complete and they're sort of songs now, but I probably got 30 or 40 other things that are just little scraps or ideas, but I record oh, them yeah. because in the moment it feels good and you think, well, this could become mm -hmm. something and occasionally you go back to those and pull them into a new thing. But when, when they kind of become fully formed, I'm like, well, oh, that's a song and I'll just move it into a different folder and it's ready for the next Weasels project now, so. 
Yeah, that's that's kind of the way I am because I, I don't. Over the years, there's been millions of tunes that have gone up into the ether for me. It's just like I'll play it. I'm like, oh, well, that's cool. And you come back 30 minutes later. I'm like, what the hell did I play? I, I have like no idea what the hell I played. I couldn't play that again yeah. if I tried. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like now with everything, I just the phone or whatever is like, all right, I gotta get this down. And even sometimes, oh. and I'm like, by the time I get my phone out and the software up to record and everything, I'm like, oh shit, what the hell was that again? I just, exactly. <laughs> like, what the hell? Yeah. yeah. I'm like, shit, I that was <laughs> I should do that. I just don't. I, I don't know why. I, I don't know why it is. I, I just always figure, you know, when it's time to write songs, then I will write songs, and when it's—I don't know—I have—I have kind of maybe I have a linear mind in that way, but I am working on things. It's not as if I don't pick up the guitar. I'm always yeah. working out chord progressions and different little things and harmonic things, but I—I just—I kind of put them in the back of my mind, and then it all bubbles in my subconscious, and then it comes out when it's time to sit down and write the lyrics or write write whatever, you know. It, mm. it, so I guess in that way, Matt and I are very complementary in our in our workings. That that yeah. we kind of have. I'm a little more maybe free form, top of my head. He's a little more studied, but he still brings that in. But we have aspects of those things uh, in ourselves, and then it just works out really well. That probably didn't make any sense, but. <laughs> <laughs> it keeps things fresh, I guess. We're out. We're we're we 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 try and keep things for as fresh as possible, even though we record things piece by piece. You know. So yeah, we're so, we're happy. Uh, to we should be getting your copy on on Monday, I think, Dennis. Uh, every, uh, the the things I sent out on Thursday, I sent yours out Friday. The things I sent out on Thursday got to everybody yesterday. So. Okay. Uh, yeah, we, we sent, in fact, we sent out one, um, there's a, a guy named Dennis Moore. No, not Dennis Moore. That's a combination of your name and his name. That's a combination of your two names. His name is David Moore. He has this show called Butterflies and Hurricanes, and he's out in California as well. And he got his copy uh, yesterday. So I think you'll get yours on Monday. Um, okay, cool. Yeah. So what, uh, uh, this is a record like twice or a CD or album. Uh, what what genre would do you guys go by or or think it it, it it's it's pretty varied. I mean, yeah. it's pretty alternative. I mean, there's a punk tinge tune on there, and there was one that well, it wasn't like exactly, but it had the vibe of Midnight Oil. That was kind of I oh. thought that was a good tune, and it's just got different stuff. So is is it just like a general alternative kind of vibe, or it's just whatever That's the hell you feel like or what <laughs> probably the best label for it is just sort of general alternative or alternative rock yeah i think with the first one we intentionally with a community of weasels we intentionally um without trying to seem like we were being scattershot or dilettantes we kind of tried to touch on every area of influence that we have you know, so that anything that we put out afterwards, for example, our, our second album, people wouldn't, and I, I'm speaking of this like there are thousands of people who care, but people wouldn't go, oh, they just to do an electronica album. I always hate that when bands, you know, and then, oh, so 
you know, whoever decided to do their alternative album or they decided to do their electronica album. I, I kind of saw us on the first one is doing as much as possible within those uh, 13 or 12 songs uh, that anything we did afterwards and somebody would go, oh, okay, well, they're just exploring a different aspect. And yeah, I think it's, I would say it's a indie alternative thing. I, I, I tend to go for, uh, I like loud guitars, but not all the time. I, I like loud guitars, loud drums, and and good melodies, and that's sort of what you know. And if and we we our our influences, you know, like Queen, right? You look at Queen and you go, well, Stone Cold Crazy, that that's like a punk song. But oh, you're yeah. my best friend is is a Beatles pop song. So right. we look at bands like that and say, well, yeah. if 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 Queen or the Beatles or Led Zeppelin or whoever soundtrack of our lives uh um any of those bands can work in multiple ways we we that's sort of us we we didn't really want to um and and it's no disrespect to people who work in a genre that's great but we just didn't right. we it, it's just not us to to say this isn't secret weasels we can't do that it, it's more okay well what the hell what the the seven people who buy the record aren't going to care <laughs> 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 they'll, they'll, you know they'll do what you did they'll go oh i dig this you know this alternative vibe or this synth vibe on this song or whatever it is you know or or the faster louder songs you know definitely um all right your next question yeah um okay i want to know this because uh, you, your stuff is really serious like the chuck and nancy song which which i dig um, do you ever kind of just cut loose and have fun? It, 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 it seems like it's, it's very politically oriented and very, uh, you know, thought through in that way. I mean, are, are you ever, you know, frivolous and just go, ah, screw it. I'm just going to have a good time and write about nothing. Yeah, I do that. But in this, in this age, I think they made everything political. So, I mean... I just I just wrote a song. Even my wife likes it. That's amazing. She doesn't really know, like most of my music, but she's like, ah, oh, I like that. Oh, uh, it's it's about bacon. <laughs> <laughs> it's called bacon time. You wake up and you want to make some bacon, but some idiot out there is gonna say, oh, that's political. You know, you're not supposed to eat meat. Oh, or so I mean, they could they make political out of everything and and. I really, I guess, I sort of do, but sort of don't. I, I get both sides. It's, it can be made political, but the way I look at it is, it's just, I want to be left alone. I want to live my life how I want to live it, and not to have the government tell me I can't use a bang or a straw or, I mean, it just, it, it just annoys me. Yeah. And all my yeah. Stuff, you, all my stuff's usually just about um, stuff like that. It's just, and uh, another one of my new ones coming up is about. Um, it's called uh, uh, "Give Me Some." It's about all the times um, through all the years I, I've, I've gotten a raise, and it's like you know maybe a hundred bucks a month or something. And you're like, oh yeah, hundred bucks a month, and I see twenty bucks every paycheck i'm like where the hell the hundred bucks it's like oh it's like 
I got a hundred dollar raise and I only got forty bucks of it. What? Where the hell did it go? Right. About, you know, it's about. You know, it's like, and even like, at work we watch the prices right and you know the game show and everything. Just the, was listen to it on break, and uh, it's like these people. You think people don't think about bucks. They have to pay five thousand bucks to the government like that. It's just like, I'm like even for a family member. It's just like, oh, a family member gave you ten or fifteen thousand dollars just because you know. They want to help you out. The government's going to right. tax you on that. It's tax. I'm like, like, it's like you make money, and then the government's like, oh, okay, you made money. Give me some. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like, sure. like, I just, want to, I just want to try to survive, and it's like, so I don't know if that you would consider that political or not, but it's just like, it's about the one, you know, aspect of my life. Yeah. Uh, well, that, I mean, in California, you have a lot. We don't have all those propositions and things like that in Minnesota that you have in California. It's it's almost like a, a different world. Yeah. We're a big state geographically, but population-wise, we're, we're not all that big. And, uh, well, some of, the, some of the other songs that I don't consider, you know, real political is, uh, one's called Garbage In, Garbage Out. It's just about, uh, people, you have to realize to make a decision, you have to have the right information. If you got bad information, you're going to make a bad decision. So, sure. so that's not really political. Uh, got to change your tune on my first album. It's just. Uh, I wrote that when my sons were young, and it's just like they always had bad attitudes. I'm like, man, just change your attitude. You know, you got to change your attitude. <laughs> oh, sure. And then uh, this, this song on the last album, uh, Death Wish. Uh, this girl oh, right, at work, right. The girl at work told me a story about when she was, you know, teenager, you know, had a rough time, and she just wanted to go hitch rides on, you know, these guys on motorcycles, and he said they've been going on the freeway around corners at like 180 miles an hour, inches off the ground and everything. And so I said, oh, that's the longer ride is long about that. So that's just like a fun story. Sure, sure, so, sure. so, and then, uh, uh, I get a song called Animals. I don't know where that one came from. I just, one day, just like, I just came, came up with this melody in my head. Mm -hmm. I just that's the lyrics animals it's like animals animals I don't know what it's about I don't know I don't have yeah. an agenda I don't have an agenda it's yeah. like it's a tune you can say it's whatever you think about animals you know it's an anti-animal song it's a pro-animal song it's a anything it's just it's just so yeah I do I do have some for fun and then another one oh. uh a, a, a couple guys that work are, are you know, Spanish, of course, and, you know, a lot of people are Spanish, and, you know, they're always, you know, momento, por favor, so we kind of say, uno momento, por favor, so I just, like, made a weird song out of that one. <laughs> sure. Oh, okay. So yeah. I, have, I have lots of fun. Yeah. And and some other stuff, I I, I do have that other project, Gramps.doc, which is more of a variety, because when, when I was doing the Gramps.doc, as the and I kept going, the punk just kept, you know, coming more and more. And I'm like, well, I really don't want Gramps Out Doc to be, 
become a punk band. I want it to be uh, a, oh, a, sure, a variety sure. kind of thing. So, so that's when I said, well, you know, I'll have a punk thing and like a variety thing. So then recently I changed the Gramps.docs. It's, I kind of don't like it anymore. I'm calling it Today's Nightmare, which I've got like oh, four songs completed. Four, four songs completed, and I got like two more. When I have time, not doing the punk stuff. The punk stuff just the, just keeps <laughs> just keeps rolling. I'm like, I gotta I gotta get back to that sometime. But it's just like life never lets me get to it. But and, yeah, that's I kind of keep the rock and regular stuff more for today's nightmare. So. Ooh. Oh sure. So there you go. Cool. All right. Uh, we talked a little bit about recording and stuff, but uh, what about the what about some of your equipment and what are your favorite equipments to use, like guitars and amps and and stuff like that? You want to go, Matt? Sure. Um, yeah. Guitar wise, I would say I'm mostly a Gibson guy. Uh, uh, I've got a old, my oldest one is a Les Paul studio that survived a fire, actually. Mm. My sister and I had an apartment together in that. Uh, the, there was a series of arsons in that uh, hotel or that uh, apartment complex. And so we recovered that one from the fire and actually refinished it ourselves. And Tom helped me replace the electronics in it. So that one ends up on everything we do at some point or another. But I've got another Les Paul, an SG, a Firebird. So those show up on there. Um, keyboards too. So I've got a, a Prophet 12, a Dave Smith kind of uh, synth on that shows up on our stuff. Uh, an ARP, some piano, things like that. The harpsichord or the, the harmonica rather, it shows up on some things. Uh, trombone. I got a trombone from my uncle. So I learned how to play that last year and put a little <laughs> of that on the album. So. Cool. Yeah, um, for me, uh, <clears throat> I bought a, uh, in, in 1995, I got my eight-string Rickenbacker bass, and that's sort of been the, uh, that's my baby. I mean, that, that, uh, that really dictates a lot of the sound of the bottom end of the band, really. And we often have struggled with working the drums around that because it's so big it's just such a huge bass sound um and then to kind of corral that and get the get the lower end of the guitars to work around that but that that's really my uh that that's my baby i love that thing uh i've also got a yamaha bb 300 bass that i got when i was in high school it was the first bass i ever got and uh it's a taiwanese one but the only thing I ever did was I changed the the tuning machines on it. And that, that was what I learned to play. I mean, I would come home from school and play that and play that and play that, you know, when I was in high school, I, that was, that, you know, that was my best friend in high school. And it was the only bass I had until I got the eight string. And uh, we, we put that on this record. I put some tape wound strings on it and it's on a song called the violence of love. Uh, and it does a great impression of a stand up. So that's probably, those are my two favorite, you know, those are the basses uh, guitar wise. I fall in and love in and out of love with guitars. Uh, I'll buy them and use them for a while and then think, oh, and then I'll move on. And then like relationships, you'll look back fondly two years later and go, why did I get rid of that one? Uh, what was wrong with that one? Um, but I have a Gibson SG that I used on this record. I've got a couple Yamahas that I put different pickups in. 
that I, I put on this record. Um, and I have a vintage Swedish-made Hagstrom Viking, which is their um, semi-hollow. It's like an ES-335 sort of uh, that, that's on this. And those, those are good. I've got a Strat I absolutely adore. And I've got a Telecaster that does not twang. You cannot get it to twang. And mm. I love that thing. It's so it, it sounds like a single coil Les Paul sort of, and and I really like that. So, yeah, uh, you know, I guess Matt and I are kind of gearheads in a way. We we tend to go, oh, I got this, or oh, I bought I bought it. You know, for me, it's usually flanger pedals. Oh, I got another flanger pedal. At one point, I had like twelve flangers, and and it was it was just ridiculous. And it wasn't 12 really good ones. It was if I saw a flanger pedal for $35 or less, I bought the damn thing, you know, and then I, 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 I kind of lost my mind. I still love them, though. It's still my favorite effect. Uh, but, you know, there, there's a couple other things. I've got a, a, a Keeley fuzz head that I think is a fantastic fuzzy overdrive that I, I put on a lot of things. Uh, I've got a Moog flanger that uh, Allison, who did some second engineering on the record, bought me as a, a, a gift for uh, my birthday, I think it was. No, it was when I got my job at, at Stratasys. Uh, that's, it, it's the best sounding flanger I've ever heard. It's, it's gorgeous. You can hear it on, on the song Strange But No Stranger. There's a breakdown and you can hear this flange guitar and, and that's that flanger. It, it just sounds fantastic. So yeah, I mean, we, we got gear, you know, we got, we got stuff we like. And, but really for me, it's, it's the eight string bass. That, that's, that's the governor, that's the one, you know. And amps. Um, oh, amp amp for me, no, actually, my original, and I still have it, but it's too big to use. I, when I got my BB three hundred, I got an acoustic uh, one by two by fifteen cabinet. It's a one hundred six cabinet with uh, ports in it. It's two fifteen inch speakers in it, and then it was the acoustic one forty head, and. I love that really clear, really loud bass sound. I, I don't like a lot. I didn't really get into an overdriven sound until recently. I just like a clear sound. And so on this record, on the first record, it was a, I used a, uh, uh, an Ashdown, a 1x15 Ashdown combo that sounded really, really good. And on this one, I used... I used one of the newer acoustic models and you can say, yeah, they're made in China. It's not the same, but they actually, and they're not as durable, but they sound right. They're very clear. And, and what I did was I, I took a, a, a 30 watt one by 12 acoustic combo and I had a, a ribbon microphone and I stuck the microphone slightly closer to that one. And then I got a, uh, a Carvin, a Carvin 100 watt one by 10 bass amp. And I, I dialed the carbon in so it was all the mids, and I dialed the acoustic in so it was all the top and bottom. And I, I put the ribbon microphone between the two. I had the, the amps probably four feet apart, and I put it two feet away from the acoustic, and that was, that was the sound. And then I used a DI. That, that was the sound of the record. And if I wanted overdrive, I bought an EBS Billy Sheehan uh, deluxe pedal, and that was the sound of the overdrive. And then we just tailored that. And guitar amps, I've got a bunch of little ones, and I've got a, a non-reverb Princeton that's the clean sound, and then I've got a Vox 50-watt night train that goes into a, a 
80s Marshall 4x10 cabinet. It's the 1965 cabinet, I think it's called. And that's that's sort of the loud guitar sound for me. And it works perfectly. Uh, Matt can talk about yeah. this stuff. For me, for amps on this one, um, I've got uh, that orange micro terror, actually, that mm -hmm. Tom gave me for my birthday. <laughs> and so that shows up on there, the orange. Uh, I've got an orange crush, too, that uh, a little... Um, 30 watt, 35 watt? Yeah, 35 watts, I think. Um, a Fender Pro Junior, there's a 15 watt version of that that I've got that I used on this. But a lot of it, actually, I used a Kemper. So I've got some modeled amps on uh, this album. So there's some really good Marshall and Mesa Boogie models that I used through that Kemper and got some great stuff out of that, too. So that's mostly my guitar sound on this one. Cool. How about for you? I don't use any um, real amps anymore on my recordings. They're all sim. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. It sounds really, uh, it sounds really live. That's that's interesting. I thought that for Matt and I, I thought that was a nice combination of me using real amps and the real bass amp with the di and then him having the stuff in the box but i really don't think you can tell he played me some of the raw guitar tracks you know when we were mixing he'd solo the track and say you know listen to this and it, if you would have put a gun to my head i would have guessed it was a, a you know a sure mic in front of a a, a two by 12 cabinet i i you know you'd never know you know yeah, they're, they're so good. they're you know. so good the amp sims are so good right now it's it's, it's yeah. amazing it's yeah it's because because un, unless it's a full tube amp your your amplifiers are just software code so i mean it's just software code i mean it's the same thing <laughs> yeah yeah you know and if, you're using a, and, if you're, and if you're using a pedal that's all it is it's an ic chip in there that tells you all the sound and it, it just replicates that on, on the computer so yeah. i mean I think we eventually came to the realization that if it if it sounds good, it is good. And that it, it didn't matter if the part was from the Zoom or, or proper or, or tape or whatever. It just kind of, no, that sounds perfect. That's going on the record, you know. And but uh, yeah, but I mean, what I really like is if you don't like it, I mean, I can change amps like that. It's like, oh, I want a different amp. Bam! You don't have to. <laughs> Just like, hey, it's amazing. We it's like, we actually did that with one of my tracks that I I recorded from an amp, but we didn't have enough drive on it. And then Matt took that track and added a. A, a fuzz pedal or something to the track, and then we we bumped up the the overall distortion. So you can you can do both. You know you can take yeah. the. We had the mic version and the DI version of your bass on every single thing, so I could kind of either blend between the two in the mix, or like on that one, just take it and reamp it essentially through the software. Yeah, yeah. we we did a lot of stuff like that. Um, it it you know or or add an effect or something, but yeah, it's. Whatever works, man. That's sort of turned into our philosophy. But live, um, I got my carbon here. Yep. Yeah, I, re I remember noticing that the, the one of the first times. That was one of the first messages I think I responded to on on Twitter. Was I saw that? I like ah, oh, 
I, I always liked yeah. carvings. Yeah, I've had that since uh, probably 80. I can look it up, but yeah, 83, 84, 85, something like yeah. that. Yeah. That's so bad. Uh, Sadly, they're gone now, you know. I know. They, I know. Man. I, I, almost, almost all my pickups on my guitars are carving pickups. Yeah, the um, I think I got one of their last one by twelve speaker cabinets. Actually, it's at Matt's right now. Um, yeah. I, that was I bought that, and then late, you know, they shut down operations later. I and and I've actually got an, another uh, open back two by twelve carbon cabinet, carbon cabinet that I've got. It's their two by twelve mini with the open back that I put some old uh, vintage Alnicos in. Some really crappy. They're not actually good old Alnicos. They're they're sort of second rate ones, but they sound really good. <laughs> um. So then, getting back to gear, do, do you what was the uh, what was the first good uh, instrument you bought and or you got as a gift? And do you still have it? If so, tell us about it. And if you don't, do you regret getting rid of it? Um. I think probably the first decent one I got was uh well i kind of learned on an acoustic which i rented and then i think i bought the acoustic and i have no idea what happened to that one and then i got this cheap sg looking guitar i wouldn't call that a good one either but i guess the first good one i got was a pv oh sure it was like it was a white one it was a solid body but the shape was like a like uh es335 kind of shapeish okay oh yeah like the t like the t25 or t35 or something like that uh so maybe something like that i don't remember what it was that was like in but yeah i don't have that and i don't regret getting rid of it <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah uh, uh hey he's back i got his video back oh good i got tom's video back awesome <laughs> victory and uh well other instruments you know as a, as a kid uh, my uh my, my parents said they got me one of those little play guitars when i was two or three and i would uh sit in you know there was a child's gate i would sit there and strum yeah 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 with the the guitar. <laughs> I was oh, that's funny. Or four or whatever. So, I, I guess I've always had music, and then and then in school you learn with the recorder. I still have a few recorders and and mm -hmm. use those once in a while. And uh, the only one I regret though, uh, when I was in the Air Force in South Dakota, um, there's a music store over there, and a guy custom made a flying v for me i ordered all the parts and oh, wow. painted and got the ebony neck got got you know had him paint up the body and everything picked all my stuff and he wired it and everything it was like custom made but as you know custom made guitar it it uh didn't have there wasn't a case for it so oh. I, I got one of those generic I got one of those generic, uh, you know, cases, the flight cases, but the guitar was like this big, and the case was probably this big. <laughs> and and I had a I had a Ford Granada when I was 
driving and when I came over here and the case was like from door to door the door just barely shut and I mean it was just like <laughs> yeah so you know every uh every uh, place I'd go to try out I had this big case like what the hell are you bringing <laughs> it's like this big <laughs> well flying me and they were like what the hell <laughs> but yeah I, sometimes I regret that but sometimes I don't but I got plenty of other guitars that that I'm happy with. Yeah. And the case was too big and flying bees, the flying bee. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Not everybody can play the V. You know, it's yeah. a, it's a select instrument. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then that's about it. All right, next question. Right, uh, over them right now. It's not uh, like a jet overhead. Oh, so. yeah. They're right by the airport. Oh, okay. Wow. That makes recording fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, on, uh, on the flight path, path two for MSP. They, they go over his head pretty constantly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it only, it only matters for vocals for me because everything else is. Right. Oh, right, yeah. So, that's the only... So, uh, so how do you balance band duties like promotion and, and writing and getting... and getting, I don't know, do you guys do any shows? I, I think Tom does most of the... Tom does most of the uh, social media, I think. Yeah, he does everything that requires someone to be friendly and talkative. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that's my job. I'm the friendly, talkative one. Well, we, you know, it, it just since he Matt does most of the, a lot of the mixing. Well, he, he does. I'm there for a lot of the mixes, but he he has it all set up and does the pre mixing, and gets the mastering squared away and things like that. Then I kind of do the social media, uh, the fa Facebook, Twitter, Instagram things. And am friendly with people. <laughs> but it works out well, you know. I mean, it also has to do with our jobs. Um, Matt, especially now, is a lot more, uh, um, what would I'm you say? Over. He's working longer hours, you know. Yeah. So uh, I, I just have a little more free time and, and am just a little more... Uh, it, it, we just divvy it up that way, I guess. You know, it, I think I don't think anybody. Well, you'd have to ask. You'd have to ask him when he's in the middle of mixing. But I don't think anybody feels like like they're put upon. You know. No. no. So I, I, I think yeah. we. I think it's our skill sets. We we have similar complementary skill sets, and and it we just naturally yep. gravitate pretty nicely. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's good. Perfect. And as far as live shows. You know, when we first started the Secret Weasels, a after we ended that other band that, that we were in together, we did look for a drummer. And we used to regularly rehearse. We would be in Matt's, you know, he was in a different house at the time, but we'd be in his basement. We'd have the drum machine set up going through the PA and, and we would, we'd play. We'd, we'd sing our songs and, and rehearse them and get them down. And we were always trying to get a drummer and it never worked out. And then... There was a period where the Secret Weasels kind of went on hiatus and Matt was doing 
some other stuff and I got in another band and this was around 99, 2000. And I think we just got to the point, well, I kind of did where it, it, we'd play these local clubs and there it'd be Tuesday night and we'd, it, we'd be on a three band bill and we'd go on at midnight and there'd be 25, you know, 15 people, 20 people in a club the size of the fine line, which is a, a big, one of the bigger clubs down uh, in, in the Twin Cities. And it really became demoralizing to, to then schlep your gear home, get up at six and be to work at 7.30 the next morning to, to right. no accolades. You know, it wasn't even hatred. It was just indifference. And, right. and I, think, I think I was scarred for life. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I think I, I probably more than Matt fantasize of a, a secret weasels gig at some point. Uh, but, you know, it, it's a 50-50 vote, and if it isn't unanimous, it doesn't get done. So it, it's right. fine. Yeah, it's I, I just like recording a lot yeah. more than I ever enjoyed performing live. So yeah. yeah, and and I like performing, but I don't like performing that much more than I like recording. You know, right. I I I really um, I just like somebody else to be there. Matt doesn't mind working on his own so much. I get really bored and frustrated at doing stuff all by myself in, in my house. You know, oh, I got to record five bass lines today. I, I, which is why I really liked that our friend Allison came over. She was a music major in college. She, I believe she actually has perfect pitch. Uh, so she second engineered my vocals, my lead and backing vocals. And it was just so nice to have somebody on the talk back going, no, you didn't get it. Cause I'll, I'll happily sing things over and over again. I just like to have somebody in the room or, you know, to have a social interaction. Uh, right. so that, that I got off on that, you know, that was my performance. Somebody was there going, yep, you got it. You know, oh, good. Woohoo. You know, so that, that was kind of, we'll do, we'll do a gig at some point, I'm sure. I'll, I'll make Matt play live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've, I've thought of it, but it just, I'm sure if I found the right people, I'd yeah. do it. It's just a matter of so much time and investment yeah. in rehearsal and, yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's it. You know, and I, I think Matt and I kind of came to the conclusion that we were going to have to hire a drummer, that we weren't going to, you know, be in, that, it wasn't going to be a three-piece or a four-piece band. It, it was him and I, and then it would be two people that we wanted around to sort of dictate things to. And we didn't really have. It was cheaper to buy, uh, you know, Pro Pro Tool or Pro uh, Logic Pro and Studio One and work that out than it would be to hire somebody to play gigs. You know, because right. yeah. it, it it's sort of the two of us. You know. Yeah. Um, um, gee, do I did I, I have more questions I wrote, but I really think you touched on because you uh, you know you've been I there was the solo thing that you addressed. Um, let's see. Oh, and then well, you also mentioned the bit about uh, uh, Grandpa dot Doc. So that yeah. was sort of your thing outside of the the yeah. hardcore punk genre yeah. um, that you. So I, I don't, I mean, oh, well, okay, fine. We didn't address your 
material. So you put the new single out, you, you put your new song out, and before that you you had the, the album, uh, Tyranny of the Few. Um, right. are, are, are you going to do anything else? Or are you going to just follow this up with, with more individual tracks, or are you recording things to do an EP or an LP or something? Yeah, I'm... I'm my plan is kind of um, to put stuff out more evenly instead of like a big long space in between, you know, having all all album. So seriously, the the single came out only because it was done and it filled the space in between the EPs. And I got a deal from CD Baby. It was like 50% off for a single or something. I'm like, oh, okay, 50%. Well, off. Sure, I, saw, I actually saw that email. <laughs> I, mean, I know the one I'm like, talking. all right, I'll, you know, I'll yeah. go 50%. So I just put out the, the, the song I got done first, uh, 12 years. And uh, of course, I told you I got Bacon Time done. I got um, Give Give Me Some done. And. I have three more that I'm working on, so, and I was recording vocal, I, I got the music done for another one last night about uh, the new Puritans, like, you know, everybody, everybody has, everybody, you have to do everything right now. Like, oh, yeah. You can't say oh. this, you can't say that, you, know, you can't say this, you can't say that, you, you, you have to say this right, and you, and you can't, it's like, it's a new secular puritanism you have to like follow toe the line it's like yeah uh, that's that's kind of that one's about but but last night i i was got the music pretty much done i was because too what what i what amazes me i'm not a singer i i never could sing and play until when i was in society and our last singer left and then we're like man we're we gonna do an interview singer so we just all decided you know, we're just all gonna sing. He sings some sure. songs, and I, and I, I sing. You know, sometimes even the old songs, like I can't sing that part, but he can sing that part. So he sang the verses, and one time the choruses, and it's like, so, I, so I still can't sing and play a lot of a lot of songs. So I couldn't even play them live. <laughs> so I'm like, oh. <laughs> so I either have to sing or I have to play. So or I have to hire yeah. a singer. So. <laughs> Or I'd have to be the singer, so I don't know. But yeah. but last night, I don't know if this has happened to you guys, but I, you know, I sit there and I'm writing the lyrics and I'm still working on the music and I'm like, okay, it's gonna go like this, it's gonna go like this. You know exactly how you're gonna sing it, and then you get up there and you're like, what? <laughs> That's not how I thought it in my head, you know? Yeah. Like, Why? It's like I I can. Think it in my head and and voice it slowly. It's like I don't want to do the da 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 da. Okay, yeah. And then you, then you're like belting it out, and you're like, damn, why can't I sing it? Like that? Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah. but but it's sometimes it's it's like I can't. I probably should come here in in this room and just have the music and just practice singing it, but then. What happens a lot of time too, sometimes is, even when I'm am recording it, I'll, I'll do a practice one. I'm like, all right, perfect. All right, let's record that one. I got it. And then you don't do it again. I'm like, oh, oh damn it! Yeah, yeah, I should have yeah. recorded when I was my practice. So, 
I started doing like I'm recording every freaking practice what I'm doing now is like in case. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we. That, that's, that's that's what I had Allison do when I was doing my vocals. They, yeah. The the thing the button was always down. I mean, she put the put the track up in the cans, and I I would say just ma- record it in case anything you know uh-huh. anything good comes out of it. You know, and then we'll go in and fix it. Um, no. That's funny that you mentioned that about coming in and singing along. That was how I actually worked out the background vocals for my bits on this record was I had a, we had a premix disc without any backing vocals and just with Matt's leads and driving to and from work. I, I just started singing along. My I came up with the backing parts for the songs driving to and from work. And then when Allison came over to record them, I, I sat her down and said, listen, we'll put the album on now. I'm going to sing where I'm going to sing. So then she could take notes and, and know what it was that, you know, where I would be singing and where we should come in and what we were going to do. And then she'd have a general idea of how things should sound. So, so that actually worked out really well, you know? Um, And that was the first time we'd ever done anything like that on the first record. I think we just came up with the backing vocals mostly on the spot. It it was just, all right, well, we got to do the backing vocals. The, the, all right, we'll sing them now. And, and yeah. there wasn't a lot of thought put into it, you know? Right. Um, yeah, but uh, you're getting back. We've got this off track. Uh, so my plan yes. has been, <laughs> my plan has been uh, doing an EP and then an EP and then having that stuff for another EP, but incorporating the two previous EPs on an album. So... It's kind of more of, that's kind of what my plan is, my release plan. And then maybe if CD Baby has more sales, I'll do another single in between. (laughs) So you go through them, you go through CD Baby? Yeah. Uh, We we went through DistroKid and had um, Atomic Discs print these up. You know, we just, we had a sale on these wallet fold thingies and, we thought, oh, that's a good deal, you know. Yeah. The art, they came out really good. Matt took the yeah. pictures of the art, but uh, they, yeah. if you're thinking, Atomic Discs do a really nice job of printing. They, they, they have a good printer. Yeah, for as many as I sell, I just do them myself. Oh, okay. I print them on photo paper on uh, the covers. And oh, I, sure. I, oh, cool. I get... I get I get printable discs and I print on the print on the disc. So because even the, the last Gramps.doc, I still have like probably 85, 90 CDs up to the hundred. So I'm like, well, what the hell am I gonna do? <laughs> what am I gonna do it? Yeah, <laughs> like, I I predict a similar fate for misophonia, but <laughs> you know. we we well. I'll, I know one of your questions was, "What else do we do other than?" I mean, are, are, I guess, are you are you done? Do we want to move on? Because this actually ties yeah. in nicely. To the, uh, yeah, that's my last the, question. Other... Your hobbies and hobbies that aren't music related. Yeah, we've we've made three movies. Uh, two is part of a local forty-eight hour film festival, and then one we just did on our own. And tying into that, we printed up. For, for our movie Broken Cove, we printed up what, Matt? 200 posters. Yeah, and distributed four. <laughs> <laughs> I, all, of, 
Yeah, so I've got 150 broken cove posters in my basement, and I actually drive around in case I ever run into anybody who is somehow involved in the movie who he didn't give a poster to. I always have a, a flat of posters in my car. So if I run into, hey, do, did, I, did you get a broken cove poster? Well, you can have one. So, yeah, I, I, I'm, sure that, I'm sure that the Misophonia CDs will, will have a similar fate, and I'll have 50 of these sitting in my basement till I die. Uh, but that, so Matt can tell you about his other hobbies now. Uh, yeah, I would say that's about it. Doing that filmmaking and photography I like to do on the side too, and so that's been nice because uh, the artist that um, has done both of our album covers is a friend of Tom's, and she does these paintings, and so I just photographed the paintings to turn them into the album art, and we did a sort of a. a montage of them for the first album cover and then just kind of one for this one so yeah she painted 12 paintings for our first album and then we composited that um and he's matt's a really good photographer he he went he tends to get really deep into whatever he gets into and he took proper photography lessons and has a really really good camera and a good lighting rig and uh so that was why that's part of the reason everything looks so good um Outside of music, I uh, I have an old car. I have a 1968 Dodge Coronet that uh, I bought in 2004 and did a driveline swap on it. I bought no, I bought it in 2003 and did a driveline swap on it in 2004. Uh, so that's a good way to waste gas and pollute the environment. Uh, so I do that. Uh, I I have a cabin on an island on a lake in the northern part of the state that um, when my dad died, my sister and I inherited it, and then I bought her out. So it, it's mine now. And so I try and go up there every other weekend in the summer, sometimes in the winter, too, on snowmobiles. And uh, that that's kind of a fun thing. Uh, my dad's brothers and sisters have... Uh, cabins on the same island that was a part of the original parcel of land that my grandpa bought and then divided up amongst his kids so that kind of keeps the the enroth side of the family together and uh what else uh well it's music related i, I put guitars together i buy parts off warmoth and off of uh uh places like that and just put pickups and guitars and you know buy crummy yamahas and put different pickups in them um but that's it's music related, but it's it's a little different part of it, you know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I do a variety of different things. Uh, I'm into gardening right now. Yeah, yeah. I, I like your what. What just came up was it your orchids? What what what? Yeah, uh, I've, I've always had decent luck with cymbidium orchids because they're all a little different. Cymbidium orchids and oncidium orchids. I've never had any problems with those, but cattleyas and dendrobiums were really tough for me. So I kind of built this uh, little mini greenhouse out of out of uh, just uh, PVC pipe. I put it together in a frame and just put some plastic oh, sure. around it. And I had these clear, clear uh, corrugated panels put them on top and in the front and it seems to be working pretty good uh, and my father-in-law he's he's always growing orchids uh, he's getting a little piece 87 now 
And it's getting a little much for him, so he's just letting them all die. So he just said, if you want these, I'm just going to let them die. So take them. So we're like, oh, I'll take them. <laughs> I took oh, all his orchids. I took all his orchids and put them in my greenhouse. And then I'm like, wow, I finally got a Cattleya orchid to bloom. I'm like, wow. So I, I, was, I was happy with that. And then the dendrobiums were blooming. So I finally think I'm, I finally think I'm on to something. Oh, good for you. Yeah, and then uh, growing fruits. Lots of strawberries are out now. The blueberries is blooming. Uh, oh, you have blueberries there? Mm-hmm. Oh, peach that's trees. cool. Peach tree is going to be blooming soon, hopefully. This is like the second year, so hopefully this year I'll get some peaches. Oh, cool. Yeah, we have, um, where my cabin is, we actually have wild blueberries. The, the uh, northeastern Minnesota, there are a lot of wild blueberries, and we have a couple of really nice... Uh, wild stands of bushes uh, uh, on my part of my property and my uncle Jerry there, there's actually a big hill of them he, that he calls blueberry hill because there are so many uh, wild blueberry plants up there yeah so that that's cool you got blueberries uh, that's that's my personal favorite berry is the blueberry <laughs> I'm a little crazy about blueberries actually we won't get into that I really I mean I'm Blueberry donuts, blueberry scones, blueberry what I I just love I love blueberries. It's I yeah. just love them. Muffins. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's my it's almost time for strawberries for me. I like strawberries and blueberries. Oh sure, sure. Yeah. Well, I actually have a raspberry bush in my yard that uh, occasionally does have some raspberries on it. Not terribly it, it's a tough balance down here between sun and rain. You know, right. If you, right. If you get too much of one or not enough of the other or whatever, they don't come out quite right. Right. And what else? Uh, I had so many different hobbies. Cooking, I like cooking. I'm a decent cook. I like baking. Everybody likes at work. They always look forward to my Christmas cookies. I always make three or four oh, nice. Christmas. They're always. And just got done making some zucchini bread. I love zucchini bread. Oh, it has a great recipe. <laughs> and it's like making Chinese food. What are the I got so many hobbies. Yeah, I'm working on cars, mm. yard, uh, photography, a little bit. Cool. So, all right, I guess that's pretty much it, man. This was fun. Yeah, it was really cool. I, I agree. Good it's idea. Good to, more about you know your online friends it's usually such yeah, a strange thing you know yeah that's what my son said when when they were in school it was like really early in the social media and he, he's like they were always scaring us don't meet anybody online don't go meet them you're gonna get kidnapped you're gonna right. get scared yeah. and everything and then he's like he's like everybody meets everybody online now because <laughs> it's the only way to meet anybody <laughs> oh yeah or like uber you know never get in a car with a stranger now it's accepted now you well you just call uber you know? well, who, who's that guy you know you're gonna get in his car and he's gonna take you somewhere yeah that sounds like a good way to get murdered in in the 80s that sounded like a good way to get murdered you know every horror movie was like that so yeah go figure <laughs> Well, good. It was good. I enjoyed this. I, I hope you're able to edit this into something that people will want to watch. Uh, that that would be really yeah. cool. Yeah. And, uh, uh, hope so. 
let let us know what you think about the album. Uh, it, you've written some really nice things on on Twitter. Thank you. Thanks a million for it, man. I, I, we really appreciate it. And uh, when you get it, yeah, let us let us know what you think. It, like I said, you should be getting it on Monday, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. We'll watch for the new today's nightmare stuff too. Yeah, that should be cool. Yeah. Yeah. And the uh, bacon actually, song. I want to hear the bacon song. I'm I'm very enthusiastic <laughs> about the bacon song. That'll be fun. <laughs> all right, man. Have a good Sunday. Take care, all right? Okay, you too, man. I'll end all the right. recording now. Bye. Bye.